So as I um, start this time of getting into God's Word, I want to ask you to take a minute and rewind the tape or the video of this past week. And I want you to think about times that you had, things that you experienced, things that you did with, with other people, whether it just be, again, family, friends, etc. And, and what you experienced and what that meant to you. And I thought about that in terms of the church and went back to last Sunday in terms of worshiping together and then having coffee outside. It was great to see um, people having conversations and spending time together. I thought about that in terms of what it meant at night when the youth group got together and they packed out um, Adventure Island. And I imagine young people just smiling, laughing, having fun time together. Except for, of course, when they were in a go-kart race with Jason because he tried to push them all out of the way to win. But outside of that, I couldn't help but pick on you, Jason. I'm sorry. I thought about what that time looked like. I thought about what it um, looked like and what I remembered about Wednesday, getting together with, with young at heart and laughter and fun and just seeing people talk and experience fellowship together. I thought about what it meant for different groups. I thought about what it meant um, getting together at the table today and had all of those things going through my head and thinking about the fellowship and the fellowship that the fellowship had together. And, and I only had snippets of it, the things that you experienced, the things that you were a part of, all good and great things. And as we, we get into God's Word this morning, I would submit to you that that understanding, that part, that element of the body of Jesus Christ, fellowship is critical and it's important to a body of, of Jesus Christ being healthy and vibrant. To share things together, knit together by the Spirit of, of Jesus Christ. Whether it, it, it's a moment in terms of fellowship that is just plain silly or fun and there's laughter, those moments are important. And fellowship brings those out. Or, or it's a moment that evokes deep love and deep care. See, fellowship does all of that. And as we continue in the, in the series about becoming who it is that God wants us to be, we have a vision about that. And we have a vision about what that means in terms of fellowship. Two, two things in particular that, that have to do with with building deep relationships. Would you show those on the screen now? Parts of our, our vision statement. Again, it's available out in the gathering center. We envision having great fellowship as a body of Jesus Christ together. And who's, here's two things that we think are going to help with that. Just creating or aligning opportunities for all ages in our church and in our community. So not just us, it's us, our friends, etc., to get together and to have fun. Sometimes people struggle with that fun word and they don't put that together in the context of the church. I think it's, it's vitally important to, to have enjoyment and to have fun together. And then also 
um, to grow a, a vibrant and stimulating small group ministry where people experience deep fellowship through the building of personal and forever relationships with each other and with God. And he had an invitation to that um, given this morning in announcement time, uh, life groups. There's so many different things that, that happen in life groups and in small groups uh, that, that is really awesome. And so uh, we envision that, especially today in, in a church, um, number one source of not only um, discipleship but relationship building small groups ministry so we we are looking um, and it's our vision to build a deep um, and and highly participated in vibrant small group ministry those are things that we believe will help us um, grow and develop positive and authentic fellowship something again that's critical to a healthy vibrant body Fellowship. That's something that um, the Acts 2 church had. And we're going to read a passage about that. Um, Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. And we're going to look at truth from that. And as we do, and as you turn there, whether it's on your phone, in the Bible, um, I just ask you to open up your heart to see it. To see um, in visual images what it is that they were experiencing. And what we all can be a part of as a part of the body at Rehoboth Reformed Church. Listen to the life-giving word of God. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonder and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the Word of God might be written in our hearts and lived in our life. So is it not clear as you look at that passage, can you not see it? People that, that were getting together, that enjoyed being together, people that were being the body together, and then what that meant to them. I, I, every time I read this passage, I just get different visual pictures of what it looked like. As I go through the passage and I see the the language and the words describe what was happening in this Acts 2 church, the different things that they were doing. And I want to submit to you there's, there's a number of reasons why. There were a number of, of emotional and spiritual responses that were at work in their hearts that led to, to everything that took place. And I just want to point out a, a couple of them that the passage shares that's there implicitly and explicitly in, in these words. The first is found in verse 42. First three words. They devoted themselves. And so I'd submit to you part of what was creating what was happening in Acts 2 church was because of that thing, deep devotion. 
They devoted themselves. They, they had a, a heart set about them that, that allowed them to continually just rise up and to be. I, I looked at the, the Greek word here, and it was called proskarterantes. So you got that? Just kidding. Proskarterantes. And it's, it's present imperfect. And uh, I really value English. And so I, I, um, that, that tense means it's currently going on, but it's not complete. And, and so the, the word is translated right from the Greek, steadfastly continuing in. Steadfastly continuing in. It's something that they were steadfast about. It's something that they were deeply devoted to. It's something that they were pursuing. It's something that they really wanted to do. And what was it? Well, we read a few of them. They devoted themselves. They steadfastly continued in. They pursued the apostles' teaching. Just think about what that might mean. Pictures and images of people that were steadfastly committed to, deeply devoted to, to the apostles' teaching. What does that mean? It means learning. It means growing. It means following, obeying. And again, all in the context of the Word of God. I just have to be clear about that. That's what the apostles were teaching, the Word of God. And it's a part of, of what they were devoted to. They wanted to learn. They were hungry. They were deeply devoted to, to understanding what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. How it is they could do that. Who it is that they could be. Deeply devoted to it. They were deeply devoted to what? The fellowship, the breaking of bread. It's so important. That just means getting together. They were steadfastly continuing to, passionate, pursuing, just, just being and having those experiences. And all that that meant. So you could, you could think of anything. I replayed the tape for you. Maybe some of the things that you participated in that you were, were together with, you had fellowship in in terms of a group. They were, they were passionately steadfast about that. That's what they had in their hearts. They wanted that. They hungered for it. They craved for it. And prayer. Prayer. They, they were devoted deeply to praying. calling on the name of God to lifting up needs each other it's just so profound but that's it's a huge part of what made the Acts 2 church the Acts 2 church that deep devotion that heart set that they had hugely important and, and played a big role in terms of, of what was happening. As you read that passage, what was happening was awesome. It was great. And I would submit to you that it was not only true for them, that first church, that early church, it's still true today. That it's critical for a body of Jesus Christ, they're going to be healthy and vibrant, to be deeply devoted, to have passionate spirituality about what it means to be the body and the things that are there that were listed, the teaching, the fellowship, prayer, 
There was a study done by a guy named Christian Sports called Natural Church Development. A thousand churches in 32 countries. Most exhaustive um, research that's been done on thriving churches. He wanted to find out what basically made them tick. What was it about these churches that made them what they were? And and he discovered that there were eight things that every one of these churches had. Eight things. One of them was passionate spirituality, deep devotion. I went in 2015 um, on a sabbatical. Um, just a lot had to do with where the, the church was at and some of the things that I was thinking about and hoping for and praying over. And I went to, um, to, to churches that were thriving that, that hadn't been but were now thriving. And I just wanted to talk, pick brain and find out how, how did that happen? How did the, the church move from here to here? And, and what was at work? What were some of the things that that caused that to be. And I remember the words of one pastor I went to speak to, and and that church was thriving then, it's going crazy still. And he answered that question in terms of people. And he said there needs to be really three elements or groups of people in, in a church that are doing these things. And he said for pastors and for staffs, they need to have they need to have faith and they need to have vision. They need to be able to look past what's currently happening. And so you think about that. Here's a church that's not necessarily thriving, but now is. They need to have leaders or, or pastors and staff that have vision and have faith. And then he said there needs to be that group of people that are the decision makers. In our church, it would be the consistory. He said, those leaders need to have, they need to have faith. Again, that's a, that's a common thing. And we're talking about faith. We're talking about faith that is, is, is what? Sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. You need to have faith and they need to have, in his words, guts. Boldness, courage. to be able to step into and follow where God was leading the, the church to go, the vision. So they needed to have that. Then leaders, people who make the decisions about it, needed to have those two things. And then he said this. He said, you can have both of those things, but if you don't have the third, it's, it's going to be for naught. And he said, the body of Jesus Christ needs to have faith. There it is again. And they need to have devotion. They need to be all in. That was striking to me. I've never forgot it. And as I went and I talked to the other leaders, the other pastors, those three things were always there. It came up in the conversations, and it was evident as you were to to look at the mechanics and the structure of the bodies of Jesus Christ that they were. And it's here in the Acts 2 church. Deep devotion, so critical, so important. 
And that needs to be a, a response, a spiritual response by the body of Jesus Christ to have that deep devotion. Acts 2 Church had it. It, it. And it lended itself to another spiritual response. Something else that's at work here in this text. You see it in verses 43 and verses 44. And I want to submit to you these, these responses all interact with each other. They're woven together. Look at the words of verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe. Do you see that? Everyone was filled with awe. Think about that. What would that look like? If I were to step back or you could just stand up and look around and say, everybody's filled with awe. You're not looking too awe-filled right now. I'm just saying. Everybody was filled with awe. And it doesn't, by the way, it's easy to relate that to what happens next. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done. It didn't say because of. And sometimes we make that mistake as we read this passage, or at least I do. So there's many wonders and miraculous signs. That, of course, would leave people awestruck, right? But, but they're independent of each other. Everyone was filled with awe. That was happening as well, miraculous signs. But what were they filled in awe about? Certainly what they were seeing in terms of that respect. But what else? Because they're independent. I want to submit to you it has a lot to do with who they were being, what was happening. Think about it. Even think about the, the deep devotion and how that works together. And then all throughout the passage, you see the words, all, everyone. It's speaking of unity. Of people being on the same page, of, of doing the same things and walking towards the same things, having the same purpose. Knit together by the heart of God and the Spirit of God, that brings unity. And isn't that something that creates awe in us? Think about it for a moment. Isn't it awesome? We just spell it out. Isn't it awesome in your family when there is unity? When everybody is enjoying each other and, and it's great and you're having a fun time, maybe it's a singular event, maybe it's your life together. Isn't that, doesn't that leave you filled with awe? You're like, man, God, thank you. What about in, in other groups? I, I think of teams. That, that really achieved a lot. And one of the things that's there, whether it's sports groups or other groups, unity, that sense of purpose of moving together, chemistry, whatever you want to call it, and that strikes awe in terms of the people that are a part of that team or group and then when people see it. And it's also true, big secret, for churches. We know it's incredibly uninspiring for people if they would come somewhere and there is, is problems and disunity and people aren't doing the same things. Whether it's chaos or it's just bitterness, it's uninspiring and, and people are not, they don't, they're not awestruck by that. Yet conversely, when the opposite is true, it is inspiring, it creates awe. Something profound and wonderful happens. It's a magnet. And I would submit to you that's really true in the times in which we're living in. Isn't that so? 
all of the separation, all of the divisiveness, all of the isolation, all of that stuff, so that when people would go somewhere and they would see something different, something vastly different, unity, devotion, people working together, having fun together, that would be inspiring. They'd be awestruck. It's true. It is, it's the way it is. What an incredible opportunity the church has in this moment. to be inspiring. And I wanted to tell you, if there's ever a place that people wanted to see that or they believed where maybe that could be true, it would be the church. Still today, despite all of the garbage and the things that are said about the church, people will still go there because that's the place where God is. It's not so much about us. It's about the presence of God. The presence of God is inspiring. The presence of God makes those changes and creates awe when the presence of God is filled into a body of Jesus Christ and when it pours itself out. That is inspiring, and that's what was happening in the Acts 2 church. That's why people were awestruck. It was a profound experience. Awestruck because, verse 44, all the believers were together. That's one thing. And, then, and I love the phrase that, that comes after that and had everything in common. What does that mean? It means a lot of different things. They had everything in common. They, they had shared um, beliefs and values. They were united in that. And for us, that means this, the Word of God, the leading of God, purpose, winning people for Christ, equipping them to serve, everything in common. And that they had, they had like interest because they were deeply devoted. The same things were inspiring to them. It all, all works together. Everything kind of just, just this profound text when you really get into it and you start to think about what it means and what it looks like, what was happening. Another thing that's there, verse 45, another response that it evoked and, and um, is related to, to fellowship and it's selfless giving. You see that verse 45? Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. Selling their possessions and good, they gave to anyone as they had need. Now, is that inspiring as well? Of course. Especially to people who are on the outside looking in. When you can give of, and by the way, um, when we think of selfless giving, I, I don't want you to think just in terms of pocketbook, and that's a part of it, right, financially. And you go back and you, you continue on in Acts and you go to chapter 4 and to chapter 5. And there's a lot of words about that. In fact, Jesus spoke about that more than anything else. And the reason that he did is because he knows and he knew how important money is to us. That we have a tendency at times to love it and to trust it rather than him, rather than God. 
That's why he addressed so much time in Scripture about it, and he spoke to it. So, yes, finances are a part of it. By the way, that's the easiest thing to give. So much more. When I read those words, gave to anyone as they had need, I think about who they were being. And so giving of self, giving of time, giving of spiritual gifts, giving to anyone as they had need. So you need some help with um, whatever. I'm fixing something at your house. You need help with this or with that. You need some help because you can't get to the grocery store. You need help getting to the doctors. You need help selfless giving. Again, part of a, part of a tapestry. Just think about that. All woven together. And, and it's all happening in beautiful and wonderful ways. And people were standing back. People who were a part of it were inspired. People who were standing back and seeing that. A community of people that, that, that were doing this, selflessly giving, it created awe and it created a hunger and a thirst to be a part of it. Have you ever had that happen where in terms of you saw something that was incredible and people were being incredible in the midst of it and you just said, man, I want to be a part of that group. And that, that's what was happening with, with the Acts 2 church. All of these things that were a part of, of who they were being. All working together to create this profound experience that people wanted to be a part of. And indeed were. Verses 46 and 47. Every day they continued to meet together in their temple courts. So something was happening all of the time. Every single day they continued to meet together. They broke bread together, ate together with what? Glad and sincere hearts. It wasn't begrudgingly. It wasn't because they had to. Because they wanted to, and it was authentic, and it was real. Real enthusiasm creates dynamic fellowship that leads to a big impact with rich blessings. And and you see that, that tail end of it, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There is no greater purpose for the church than that. See, because people were experiencing grace and forgiveness and they were experiencing people loving them unconditionally and, and, and wanted to be a part of their lives, sitting down at the table having coffee and, and whatever else that meant because it was real and it was authentic and they were selflessly giving and they were devoted. They saw all of that and they said, I don't know what those people have, but I sure would like to be in on it. All God-driven, all Spirit-led all because of not necessarily, again, what they were doing, but who they were being. And it created dynamic fellowship. That's why that's part of of our vision. That's what we see as a part of who it is that that we, yes, are experiencing at one level and in some ways, but that 
we want to become more of. Can you see it? People coming together, um, friends experiencing these types of things, learning, hungering, growing, praying, fellowship, profound, awesome, life-changing, impacting. That's who God desires us to be. And that's why that's part of our vision and our plan. And you, those that are at home, are a part of that. If that's not true for all of us, it won't happen. And if the more that that that's true for, um, the more it will be, even to the smallest of fractions. The more that we're deeply devoted, the more that we're awestruck, the more that we're striving to be together and that we give selflessly, the more that we have enthusiasm. And you know what that word is, right? That's entheos. It's a Latin word, in God. That's where enthusiasm comes from. The more dynamic the fellowship, the greater the impact, and then the rich and the deep blessings. You know, I want to end by just saying thank you for the ways that you are a part of what that means here at Rehoboth, for the fellowship that you are a part of, and for the fellowship and the things that you're doing that you will be so that together we will be. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the body I thank you for worshiping together this morning I thank you for worshiping together and coming to your table and acknowledging your grace and giving you thanks for it I thank you O Lord for all that that means and the things that happen all week long here at this place and at homes where people are taking you into their workplace and to their friendships and their relationships for the real fellowship that happens because of your presence for the way oh God that that's invoking inspiration for the way oh God people are seeing people who are part of this body and saying wow for the hungry and the thirsting that that's creating I praise you for that I praise you for all that, that it means and for who this body of Jesus Christ is being. So many awesome things. And yet, oh God, so much more that awaits in the future. As we just pick up our feet and we simply follow you to be who we were created, redeemed, gifted, and called to be together, united in purpose and experiencing fellowship one with another. It's a great thing to see. It's a great thing to envision. And we praise your name for it. And in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.